Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Rango, and I am delighted to have Belle. Hello, everyone. And Raphael. Hi, everyone. Here today. Uh, welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. Uh, today, we will be discussing the case study, Sawing Apart the Ghent Altarpiece. For some context, in the late 19th century, the Berlin Museum, which then owned uh, part of the paintings belonging to the Ghent altarpiece, separated the painted fronts of these panels from their backs, which were also painted by sawing them apart. This harsh measure was intended to facilitate the exhibition of the panels and their inspection by an art-loving public but it also served to obscure the fact that the panels were created as ecclesiastical objects for display in a church and to stretch to stress their character simply as art. Is there something wrong with the display of religious objects as art? Did the Berlin Museum mistreat the Ghent altarpiece by facilitating its public display? Or should religious art be displayed like other works of art? So now, Let's start a discussion. Um, let's start with what what is an altarpiece in the first place? Okay. Uh, just one second. Um, yeah. Um, an altarpiece is a piece that is in a church. Let me let me just start with that. Um, it's a piece that's placed around the altar. It could be uh, painting or sculpture or anything around the altar um, basically would be an altar piece. Um, it also can be displayed behind the altar also on the walls even. So, yeah. It's got a, a lot of religious value. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, now that we've got that, what? because we're talking specifically about the Gantt altar piece uh, today. Uh, what what is that get altarpiece? Let's talk about that. Uh, like physically. Physically, it um, I would say it's a trifold um painting or what is it called? Polyk, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's, and that's a polyptic piece. Yeah, it's and it's also well the get altarpiece. It's an oil painting on wood. And it uses a technique of tempera. Right. Uh, it's got, what is it, 12 panels. Uh, each one with a, a different painting on it. Uh, eight of those panels also have art on the back. And what, what are these 12 panels? Yes. So from left to right, the art piece displays Adam with Cain and Abel's sacrifice on top, a choir, the Virgin Mary, God, and John the Baptist, choir, Eve, and Cain and Abel's murder on top. Then on the bottom from left to right, again, just judges, the Knights of Christ, adoration of the Holy Lamb, pilgrims, and hermits. Now, uh, the art on the back, uh, it does. It, it features some angels. It's got some statues, and it's got two people, which would be the donor, and his wife, 
uh, whose names are Jodoskis, Vijd, and Lisbeth. Um, um, my my interpretation of this piece um, would be different timelines, or not different timelines, but different points in the Bible um, are being displayed. Um, I would say, um, you, if 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 you look at the piece, it's um, you'll see Adam and Eve. Um, you'll see Cain and Abel. Um, you'll see Gabriel coming to the Virgin Mary, also. So uh, it 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 displays different periods um, that happen in the Bible. Yeah, it's got a lot of significance in Catholicism. Yes. Um, and oh, one thing I also want to mention. So in chapter three in our book, it speaks about how artists and how they would bring the sacred realm, or in this case, Christianity, through art and paintings, which the Ghent altarpiece does. All right. Um, yeah, which, by the way, uh, have we mentioned who painted the, the Ghent altarpiece? That's an important uh, piece of information. Well, yeah, um, it's, it was painted by John, okay, it was started by Hubert Van Eyck. And then finished by John Van Eyck, his brother. Um, Van Eyck, brother. Yeah, Hubert started it. Um, he passed away a year later, and then his brother finished it, which was John. Yeah, it, it took over a decade to make. Yeah. Uh, and th these are early Netherlandish painters. These two brothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about the you... location of Ghent? Do we... I don't think we. Oh yeah, this that that's the its naming convention. This is known as the Ghent altarpiece because it is in Ghent, which is a city in Belgium. It mm -hmm. is where the Saint Pavel Cathedral is, uh, which is where the Ghent altarpiece is in. It's in the Vigd Chapel within that cathedral. Mm -hmm. yeah. And also on a map and visually, so everyone can visually see it or think of it. It's surrounded by the countries of France, Luxembourg, Germany, and the Netherlands. Right up north and west of Europe. Uh, and yeah, it's it's also been known because uh, it is the Ghent altarpiece, but it's it's named it's been known as the Adoration of the Mystic Lamb as well, uh, because of that center uh, lower panel where we see a lamb. And can we talk about the the meaning of this panel and this name, and the the piece as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. So. As a whole, it's about Jesus Christ, but specifically in um, in regards to the, the lamb on the bottom piece, it represents the blood of Christ, which gives us life. And the lamb is showing how blood is coming out of the lamb, which is pouring the cup, the blood in the cup, which represents is represented through wine, which we drink and gives life to Christians or in the Christian faith. Right. Uh, now... For as the, the history of this piece, it has been moved a lot. It's been stolen a lot. It's the, the most stolen art piece in history or one of yeah, them. Yeah, one of them. Mm -hmm. uh, over a dozen times it's been taken from its original place or at least parts of it have. Um, yeah. yeah uh, starting with the, the first time it had to be moved within the same... Uh, century or like uh some at, in the 1500s 
uh it, it had to be put under lock and key in in the town hall of Ghent because people were trying to ram in they were trying to damage it uh at some point like centuries after that the adam and eve parts were had to be taken off uh because they were in nude and the holy roman emperor of the time who went to visit didn't like that so those were taken off for a good bit uh during the french revolution in uh the later parts of the 18th, 18th century. century yeah yeah the the piece was taken to paris to be put in what was that museum bell oh the the louvre the louvre yeah there we go um and yeah it, it stayed there until after the battle of waterloo when napoleon was taken down from france yeah it stayed there until napoleon was defeated yeah mm -hmm. which then the, the new king uh sent that back to ghent so it, it returned uh from there the next uh issue with the piece was what the main point of today is uh when it was sold within that same year after being brought back from france it was sold uh to a an art trader uh in belgium which then gave it to an english collector uh which then ended with the king of prussia um in 1821 his name was frederick frederick what well frederick williams the third um the art dealer that yes. he bought it from um was edward sully so he yes. was a, yeah edward sully was a english collector at the time yeah who got it from Niwahaus. that that's the the art collector who bought that from the cathedral but yeah uh when this when this king got it, uh, he handed it to the Kaiser Friedrich Museum in Berlin, which is now the Bode Museum. Uh, Berlin, of course, the capital of Germany mm -hmm. and Prussia at the time, which was within Germany. Um, this wasn't the whole altarpiece that ended up there throughout this whole transaction. It was uh, six of the eight side parts. So excluding Adam and Eve, uh, the sides of the altarpiece, front and back, ended up in Berlin, which uh, ended up sadly with them being sawed in half uh, so that both the front and the back of these panels could be displayed in that museum. Right, for artistic purposes. Right. Additionally, um, the pieces were moved. So, well, the remaining pieces were moved because of a fire that happened in Gant. Um, yes. Yeah, they had to be moved this was uh at around the same time the, the pieces that weren't in berlin that were still in get were yes. endangered by a fire fire within the cathedral which did damage the the lower part the yes the lamp yeah to this day some uh some of it isn't well one of one of the pieces are lost i think from my knowledge um i think um just judge it it hasn't been found yeah so only one of the original 12 panels, which is, or eight of which are part of the hinge shutter apparatus and, you know, painted on both sides have been lost. But yes, the just judges, like you said. Yeah. Um, at another point, 
you know, the the Adam and Eve parts, like was mentioned, did not was not in Berlin. Let's didn't get, but that was also moved later in eighteen sixty one. It it was bought by the very government of Belgium to be put in in the National Museum in Brussels. Uh but they, they, this did end up with the chapel getting copies from the government to uh display its altarpiece. It just wasn't fully the original. And the Adam and Eve pieces that they got as a copy, uh these weren't nude. They did have um pelts. Okay, so we could say that the piece that we see, like the Ghent altarpiece that we see in present day, is not the one that was displayed in 1432 due to it being stolen and moved around multiple times. Yeah. Um, moved again, World War One. Uh, this time around, it stayed in Ghent. The pieces that were already there, including the the copies, uh, and the original pieces, they were for security reasons, uh, hidden within residences in Ghent. They were put on their floorboards behind the brick walls, uh, uh, because of fear that the the Germans might take these remaining pieces. And they stayed there throughout the war until the end with the Treaty of Versailles, uh, when they were put back. And this also resulted in those those pieces that were in Berlin that had been sought off, um, they were returned to Belgium as reparations for the war. Um, after that, 1934, one of the pieces was stolen. It was the, the bottom left part, which still has not been found today. So as Bell said, yeah, the, what we see today is not the original. Yeah, no. Not fully. Unfort unfortunately, no. Uh, but yeah, it is still unknown. That, that case is still open. People just don't know where that original piece is. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, in World War II... Hitler, you know, art fan. Uh, mm -hmm. He wanted to grow his collection in Germany and Austria. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of his targets was the Gantt altarpiece. So that, that was taken uh, and hidden there. It was only retrieved towards the end of the, of the war. But we, we could have actually lost that there, the Gantt altarpiece, because the salt mine it was hidden within was uh, laid out with dynamite. Oh my gosh. Uh yeah, so that, right. that could have gone really wrong. Thankfully it was taken back in time before they blew that up towards the end of the war. And yeah, that it was just from there flown back home, which was actually also a problem because of a storm uh during that flight. Mm -hmm. Which almost did damage the piece. But it, it made it back to uh Ghent. It made it back to the Vich Chapel. And it stayed there until 1986 when it was moved, this time safely, still in the cathedral, still in, in Ghent, to a different chapel uh, for security reasons. And it's been there since. Yeah. And of course, due to it being stolen and disassembled multiple times, it's conditioned weakened. Yeah. Which yeah. is also a, a reason for uh, its conservation and restoration. It's been... Mm -hmm. Uh, altered a lot yeah. it's been the first significant restoration carried out in 1555 by painter lancelot bondel and john von Skorl. 
um, they <clears throat> they tried to restore the Gantt piece, and um, it was poorly ex executed. Um, yeah, it was poor. It, yeah, they basically tried to um, change. Well, they did change how a lot of the features on on the piece on the pieces were displayed. So um, I'd say if you looked at the lamb, the face looks a lot different now than when they restored it. Yeah, yeah. Right, it looked um, more human like before. Yes, exactly. You could say. Yeah, then throughout those those restorations, what it was layers of, of paintings on top. Yeah, so they changed up. Yeah. Uh, which altered it a bit, but there's been more uh restorations in modern time. Yes, there are. Uh, it's still actually in restoration. Uh, today I believe it's it's still being fixed up certain parts. Um. But yeah, let's go back to that. Uh, you know the the big one because it's been moved a lot. It's been taken a lot, but uh, it's been purposefully damaged that one time in Berlin when it was sawed in half. Yes. Uh now this was uh for the purposes of displaying it easier, it facilitates it because this piece does have art on the front and on the back. So if you want to view both at the same time, you have to tear it apart and display both. Um I destroy something. Yeah. Why destroy it? I, I don't get it. it. It does suck. But yeah, uh, another reason could be um, to take emphasis from its religious purpose and give it to its artistic purpose. So when people go to view it, it's it's more about art than its uh, religious meaning, which it has a lot of. Right. They gave it, a, I guess, a different perspective for us to look at right? or think about. Yes, correct. But it, it would be mainly for, you know, just uh, displaying purposes. Art, yeah, displaying purposes, for sure. Yeah. So now let, let's go back to those questions that we asked earlier uh, with the case study. Is there something wrong with the display of religious objects as art? What do we think about that? Because um, I... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Well, you or me? You go ahead. Okay, so I think if done respectfully, there is nothing wrong with the display of religious objects as art. So in chapter five, puzzles about art, art and other values, argue that religious values view religious art pieces as simply a work that represents God and not art. So for example, Paul Tillich called Picasso's Guernica an altarpiece. So and you wouldn't really think that because this was not Pablo's Picasso's intent because his painting shows the aftermath of war upon innocent civilians. So that's what I think. Right. So as long as the piece is not mistreated, it shouldn't be an issue. Mm -hmm, exactly. Uh, whether it's for from a, a a piece on a religious perspective or not, it's an art piece. It, it can be displayed. Mm -hmm. Just don't damage it. Yeah, and, and respect respect the piece and the artist, their vision. Hmm. Uh, um, any other thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, 
I can concur with what um Bella is saying. Like, I don't, I don't feel like you should alter a piece. I, I think it should be experienced the way the artist wanted it to be experienced. Um, it shouldn't be altered in a way that it's more convenient to the people that are displaying it or trying to view the artwork. So. Right. So the, the vision that the original creator had uh, holds value with a piece. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And you take with it whatever you view it when you're watch when you're looking at the part our piece. Right. Um right, so uh obviously uh Berlin at the time did not have those same opinions. <laughs> no. So I didn't have. So let's talk about that. Did the Berlin Museum mistreat the Ghent altarpiece by facilitating his public display? Or should religious art be displayed like other works of art? Okay, so I personally believe that they should have not sawed the backs of the Ghent <clears throat> altarpiece. The original vision was made to signify that the blood of Christ gives us life. John von Eyck and Huber von Eyck died way before this occurred, and I'm sure they would not have wanted their masterpiece to have been, to have been altered. They rolled in their grave. Mm -hmm, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they for sure mistreated the altarpiece. That's, I don't think it's a question at all. Uh, it's very I, delicate I think, as well. It's wood. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, facilitating his display is any good excuse for damaging uh not only an art piece but one of such historical value and religious value mm -hmm. um it's just it, it's too important to just damage it like that just just to show people uh which showing people is good that that is one of the points of art i believe yep. but to share your it, it should be process. showed Right, and the way it was created, it's not meant to be uh, displayed the way it was in Berlin. Yeah, and the the hours that it took to make it and the love. The, and the just, decade it took. Yeah, it took them a long time and it just shouldn't have been done, I think. Um, yeah, it's for sure. It, it was created in that style uh, and forcibly changing it, it's, it's not it. Uh, it shouldn't be morphed to fit a different style. It is what it is, and it was made exactly, that way. exactly. Um, any more opinions about the whole? No. All right. Um. So yeah, I I think that's all. Is uh, we we talked about the altarpiece you know the Gantt altarpiece what it is um who made it why it's named that way it's meaning it's had a rough history right um and yeah the sawing incident uh to conclude on it just should not have happened is what we think uh, yeah, it was I think reckless we and unnecessary uh and it's just it's unfortunate uh, right. it, it's certainly a good thing that it's being restored yeah, because no. it is such an important thankfully piece.
Um, but yeah, um, to close up, thank you for joining us today, uh, Bell and Raphael. I I appreciate it, and this will conclude Thank you. the Exploring Art podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Art podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please join us soon. And remember to stay curious. Wrangle out. Bye. Bye.